Hey everyone, thanks for listening, or probably should have. So this episode you're actually hearing a little out of order. Uh, we recorded this back in May before the death of George Floyd, before national protests against police violence. Uh, back when we thought the quarantine and the pandemic was going to be the main thing we were going to be thinking about for several months, and it didn't quite play out that way. Uh, so we ended up postponing this episode because we wanted to take a week off, we wanted to highlight other shows. Um, and, uh, that being said, it was, uh, still a pretty funny episode about Jeff Dunham and the videos that he recorded while he was in quarantine with his puppets. Uh, so we did want to share it with you now, so it might seem a little dated, but we hope that you enjoy it. Uh, and, uh, if anything, I hope it's a good, uh, distraction from all the other stressors you have in your life right now. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, Jeff Dunham, how are you? And, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a weird thing. It's, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, but man, as we all know, the world is in turmoil right now, and, uh, it's just kind of a mess. And if you're like me, you're stuck in the house, um, <clears throat> my boys are inside, Audrey's inside, and we've just kind of been making the best of things, um, coming up with stuff to do, just activities for the guys, and, oh, oh, you saw that, you weren't supposed to see that. So, um... We just kind of been doing what everybody else is doing, and we've isolated ourselves, as officials are telling us to. And uh, you know, it's been it's been interesting. Um... I have to say, this is probably going to be the last time I will ever want to discuss <laughs> anything he makes. But that's probably not true because he keeps making shit. He's, I I have so many notes on all the things he's done. Why I'm is just, he so just fucking prolific? Just, and it is, my wife is starting to comment on this is becoming an obsession. <laughs> uh. I I was always worried a little bit. But now learning how things work, it unfortunately makes him more fascinating. So I, I know, understand. right? I understand. Right? Like, didn't you walk away from these videos with a greater please, appreciation? Please don't use that tone of voice of reverence. <laughs> God, what's wrong with you? Season two. What up? As always, I am Nadia Vasquez, and I am joined by the only audience member in the show of my life, Tony Ginocchio. What a tremendous honor. That is that is actually very sweet. Um, <laughs> it is a wonderful show to watch. Oh, that's so nice. We are such good friends. This is This is a podcast about friendship first and foremost. I stick with that. But I am really excited because I hate the thing that we're talking about today. Which and means I'm excited fault. too. <laughs> yep, and it's your fault. And that's the truth of the matter. Unfortunately, well, Tony has this weird obsession with Jeff Dunham. So now we are stuck in quarantine, just 
completely locked down as human beings from going out and enjoying life. So we have to be miserable inside of our homes by watching things done by Jeff Dunham. But but that's the whole reason why we're doing this episode, I think, is that Jeff Dunham is also confined to his home. And in fact, more broadly, I would say this is an episode about, like, comedy and and what the fuck is going on during a pandemic when comedians can't perform in clubs that's uh, true and when you that's can't true. shoot tv shows uh, at the studios um and when basically like the only people that can make new uh shows are like animators uh and and stuff like that i mean we were definitely due for an animation resurgence Absolutely. And, uh, and I'm excited, excited for it to come. Like the Simpsons is still making new episodes. It's fantastic. Um, well, you know, yeah. they make things like a year and a half yeah. in advance. But yeah. the thing about this though, is we are doing a little bit something. Wait, let me check that back. The thing about this is we are doing something a little bit different. We generally watch comedy that has aged poorly enough to, you know, wait, hold on. <laughs> we are doing something where we are talking about comedy that is current, and we have not been doing that at all. We have been discussing things that are at least a year old or more, and unfortunately, this is coming out in real time. Yes. There was something that came out from Jeff Dunham yesterday, uh, which was May 23rd. We are recording on the 24th, and more things are coming within the week that he has promised slash what I take as a warning. Yeah, it's more a threat, I think, it's depending on your... It's definitely a threat. I have been in complete and utter agony watching these things because Tony <laughs> is like, it's great, it's going to be wonderful, and I have just suffered. So... Well, but before we get into the suffering, Nadia, yes. I do want to ask, because I'm trying to ask this on every episode... I do want to ask what other pop culture is getting you through the pandemic right now. Well, on a recommendation by one of my favorite people, was my childhood best friend since when we were 12 years old. We kept our friendship going on AOL Instant Messenger, lost touch in college, and then found each other again on Facebook. And he pre-watches shows for me so that I don't have to. And if they're violent or scary he will say you won't like it which is why i haven't watched tiger king um he has recommended what we do in the shadows and i love that show and i trust everything he tells me so i've been watching a lot of that and there's a character in there named nadja which is what my english teacher called me in high school so (laughs) that's fun Okay, yeah, I have not seen the show yet. I saw the movie, which is um, I haven't five seen years the old. movie. Oh the movie's God. great. The movie's okay. very, very funny. Um, I have so I, I have laughed nonstop watching that show. There is a character called an energy vampire, which made me <laughs> really happy. So it, it's fantastic. But besides, you know, that great show, I have been reading the new Hunger Games book, which is a prequel. The prequel? My mom just told me about that. Yes, it's called The Battle of Songbirds and Snakes. It's about President Snow, who is the main antagonist in the trilogy that we all know and love. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really good, but it's also very confusing because it makes me kind of feel bad for the guy. That, yeah, that's what my mom was saying, was it, it, it paints him more sympathetically then he, and this is the guy uh, that was played by Donald Sutherland in the movies, right? Fantastically, yeah, yes. Yeah, the, the, the main bad guy. Oh, those movies had a great cast. Um, 
that that's why they were good. Stanley Tucci just brings everything up. Uh, oh, he's full the letter best. Grade. But, I really uh, love those movies. I really wish I had. Uh, there was a casting call for Katniss Everdeen, and I submitted myself because she's supposed to be somewhat ethnically ambiguous. Yeah, she they right. Hired Jennifer, <laughs> what's her name? Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. What? That's it. J Law. I got the J Law fatigue, so I forgot her name. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously did not make it into that movie because I'm making this podcast. Well, <laughs> but in a in a way, you um, you rose beyond the movie um, and became something even greater uh, by hosting this podcast. Much like how um, Katniss Everdeen was not just the hero of District Twelve, but became you know the Mockingjay that uh, symbolized a, the rebellion. Of yeah, I definitely do Pan a lot Am. of mocking in this podcast. For yes, sure. well, not of Jeff though. Jeff's great. Um, oh my god. Okay, before we get into Jeff, I would like to know what you have been watching <laughs> um, or listening to. Yeah, uh, so I will say um, what is interesting is when I was going back and forth to my office, which I'm not doing right now. I'm I'm lucky enough that I still have a job, but I'm working from home right now. Um, That's good. Uh, so I would listen to a lot of podcasts because um, I had basically an hour commute uh, on the train to work and an hour commute back. Um and uh, because I'm not commuting, I'm not listening to as many podcasts. I know. Uh, it's really sad. It is kind of sad. But I, I will still carve out time for the absolutely essential listen of uh, Your Kickstarter Sucks, uh, which is... <laughs> what is this? A truly, truly great podcast uh, hosted by Jesse Farrar and Michael Hale, who are basically two dudes in Nashville that uh, came up on because they were posting on something awful like back in the 2000s. Um, but every week they uh, they read six Kickstarter campaigns that are terrible. Um, and so just a lot of like get-rich-quick schemes or dumb gadgets that nobody needs or stuff like that. And uh, in particular, in the middle of this pandemic, there have been a ton of Kickstarters for like, we're making like the good mask that actually works. And like, we're making this whole like new ventilation system and we only need $20,000 to get it off the ground. So all sorts of like scammers and um shitty uh knockoff products and it's just hilarious to listen that's to. incredible i have never heard of this and i'm definitely gonna add it to my queue i've been listening to uh, oh hello the podcast oh yeah 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 of course which is where they deep dive into solving the murder of princess diana <laughs> <laughs> it's really fantastic that's pretty good i'll i'll add that to the list <laughs> yeah uh if any of our listeners have any podcasts that they want us to check out because we need more competition. Uh, <laughs> definitely tweet at us, post on our Facebook, because we are in quarantine and we need to listen to things. We need, we need to do that. something. Like, yeah. I mean, I have a toddler I can chase around at least, so she like, so I'm not like bored, but we, I still need something to do after she goes to sleep. <laughs> right. Not that you have a wife to speak to. Yeah. Or anything. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to rub it in. <laughs> I'm alone. <laughs> It's fine. Any fine. Okay. Anyway, um, I am really excited because this is the first time that we're going to be doing current, current events yes. instead of former current events. And uh, Tony asked me, what comedy have we had in a pandemic? And that was kind of, that was kind of tough for me because I hate everything. <laughs> everything, all of the comedy being made right now is extremely bad. It's very um. bad. And CB, this is not a comedy. CBS is going to air 
haircut night in America. I'm not joking about this. I sent it to Nadia earlier this week. They're going to have celebrities in their homes trying to cut their own hair. And that's Oh my god. That's going to be that's going to be a show that they air on on a network. On CBS, which is like the most watched <laughs> network. Is it gonna be shot on MacBook Pro cameras? Yeah, I think it's just gonna be like they're gonna have like their fucking laptop camera. Amazing. It just it's insane. Do you hear the disdain in my voice? Amazing. Yeah. Uh there has also been half a season of Saturday or the rest of the season of Saturday Night Live which was Zoom is basically just people making sketches the way that most UCB students did (laughs) (laughs) over these last few years uh they've been fine I mean I didn't watch a lot of them because I just don't care anymore (laughs) I understand that Alec Baldwin uh guest starred as Donald Trump and he drank uh he drank bleach which that definitely that'll do it did he do it for real? Is he dead now, finally? Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> there was also a Parks and Rec reunion that took place entirely on Zoom, but it was actually on the Grizzle version of Zoom. Uh-huh. I thought it was fine. I have no... I wasn't blown away. I, I, I did feel like, oh, this is nice, but mm-hmm. I never thought, oh, I really needed this. I feel better. It was part of quarantine that it's just like all of these things are coming out, but if anyone expects me to watch them in a timely manner, I'm not going to. Except for RuPaul's Drag Race, which the finale is going to be a five lip sync number performance via Zoom, which I think gives each one of them an unfair advantage because you don't know what kind of props and gags and tricks they have at home. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm still going to watch it. Team Crystal. Team Crystal Method. It's a good drag name. Oh, she's uh, the best. Yeah, so it's like all of these TV networks in particular. Like, movie studios can't make any movies right now, but also movie theaters are closed in, in most of the country. So, like, right, whatever. That doesn't matter. TV, it, like, it, they can't film any new stuff to put on TV. Like, I got, it, like, NBC is showing old Notre Dame football games on the weekends. <laughs> It's amazing. The movies aren't doing much better, but they are doing a lot more releases via streaming. And in actuality, Trolls, the new Trolls yes. movie, broke so many records of the highest grossing cartoon in years. And people were just watching from home. So I think it's kind of going to change the landscape of how movies are released, which I find a relief because I don't like going to the movie theaters as much anymore. Yeah. People are very rude. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm so glad you brought up Trolls, Wor- Trolls World Tour because uh, we're going to be talking about a troll in oh a second. Oh, my God. Well, before we get there, I just wanted to go through the actual current current events of 2020, which are, again, as I mentioned in the first episode, we are not supposed to be just taking in this level of trauma yeah. and shenanigans from the world but i will just give you a brief rundown of everything that's happened in 2020 thus far that is of note and it's only may uh in january like the first day we were all terrified that world war three would begin jesus fucking christ i know right (laughs) because the u.s killed a topped iranian general in a in a drone strike 
And that was the fucking first day of the I, year. I was like, like, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I know I interrupt a lot, but like. It's fine. I was like holding my daughter and crying like that night because like yeah. I was so scared there was going to be like a nuclear nuclear war. Because not only is it just terrifying because this is similar to how World War One started with right. one of our people. Well, not our yeah. people, you know, yeah. an ally. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody died. Anyway, uh, not only that, but we have some pretty interesting characters. Just the in, worst possible people to handle. In charge this. of our government and yeah. our nuclear weapons. So, you know, all of us are just completely terrified. It was like, Happy New Year. Oh, crap. <laughs> um, and around that same time, we heard about this new thing called the coronavirus <laughs> that was taking hold of China. And no one was doing anything about it. Uh, besides that, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle stepped down from being royalty, and that was a really big deal for a lot of people. Uh, I didn't care, but <laughs> but a lot of people were mad. A lot of women specifically were mad, saying that Meghan Markle was ruining Harry's life. But you know what? I think she was actually helping him because yeah, you know, I, he's I'm exercising gonna, boundaries. I'm going to actually agree with you on that one. I think... Uh, not being in the royal family is actually uh, preferable to being in the royal family. Absolutely. Uh, but besides that, there's more, of course. Uh, Donald Trump is impeached by yeah. the House of Representatives. We impeached a president, like, four months ago. Yep. Like, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. I Again, I cannot reiterate enough how fast things are happening and how traumatic so much of it is. And we're just like, okay, I have to also go to my job and have a life and work out and eat food. Like, <laughs> it's a little much. Uh, Australia had the most devastating fires that they've ever experienced uh, across the continent. And so many people and animals were displaced. And the overall economic but also environmental impact of that is still being dealt with now in addition to coronavirus. Uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter died, unfortunately, in a helicopter accident not too long ago from God. when this podcast was recorded. The UK withdrew from the European Union at around the same time. Shortly thereafter, Trump was acquitted by the Senate on both articles of impeachment and is unfortunately still the president. Harvey Weinstein was found guilty of being the worst and the global quarantine completely shut down the world, starting with Italy and lastly yeah. with us, yeah. <laughs> while uh, cases of coronavirus continue to spread across the world. Yeah. And so, and that's why the entertainment industry is shut down and we're forced to watch people do shit on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that all happened like in five months. That was five months. Jesus yep. Christ. It's so, bad. So that's why we're here. We got to make you happy. <laughs> so... Not only is film production shut down, not only is television production shut down, but if you are a stand-up comedian, oh. like you can't perform anywhere. Um, there are some parts of the country where clubs are starting to open up, where I anticipate they will be shutting back down very soon <laughs> after a surge of new cases. But uh, if you are a comic who makes your living touring uh, and doing... Uh, doing shows in clubs or if you are a more successful comic who tours a lot tours internationally plays stadiums uh, plays for thousands and thousands of people at a time that revenue stream is gone for you right now 
and so um, it is a, it, and that's true of musicians as well. It's it's true of, of really anyone in the performing arts. It's it's a very difficult time, um, and so a lot of artists are doing live streams. Um, mm-hmm. that, My favorite uh, artist, Anthony Green, does a Twitch live stream every Saturday, oh, okay. and he asks like if you can give some tips yeah but he also reiterates very kindly and gently if you cannot give me a tip i completely understand and i don't want you to give up the money that you don't have during this quarantine and i just love him so much for being so humble and gentle uh my favorite is uh ben gibbard of death cab for cutie oh, uh does so good does uh covers um uh and uh and like he does an hour-long show every day and one of the covers he did, uh, and I hate to reference this show twice in two episodes, but it is a very funny show. He did The Night the Skeletons Came to Life from I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. <laughs> yes! Which is a sketch that I watched for the first time about a year ago when I was rocking my baby to sleep, and I laughed so hard I woke her up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. It's so good. <laughs> so fucking funny. But, um, it's you know, it's important to, to, to support artists where you can um especially in this time but um the one person i don't want to support (laughs) is jeff fucking dunham i don't even care if he ever listens to this fucking i hate you dude i just can't stand the guy jeff dunham uh is uh had to cancel uh kind of midway through his tour he is in his home in los angeles right now um and i know this because he has been streaming uh on youtube and on facebook for about 30 to 45 minutes every day uh he has been putting out um some topical videos with his puppets uh on uh on the current crisis that we're in and kind of some of the ancillary issues around that uh and so for today's episode uh we have been watching the jeff dunham quarantine videos and before we get into them i just want to recap for all of you how successful jeff dunham is (laughs) um i don't understand if you go back to season one we did an episode on his breakout special from 2007 which was titled spark of insanity the tour for spark of insanity set the guinness world record for the most tickets sold for any stand-up tour a record that it still holds 13 years later what i had no idea yes at one point, the wow. DVD of Spark of Insanity had the highest aggregate customer review of any DVD being sold on Amazon. In the year 2009, he sold $7 million, not of tickets, only merch. No way, dude! <laughs> um, since Spark of Insanity... Most of this information comes from a New York Times profile of him. Wow. Since spark of insanity he has had three more specials of ventriloquism and stand-up on comedy central and then another special on nbc on nbc a network airing a stand-up special how long ago was that that was 2015 his sitcom on comedy central the jeff dunham show the premiere of that sitcom was the highest watched telecast to date of any of any kind on the channel um, he published his autobiography, All Myselves, Walter, Peanut, Ahmed, and Me, in 2010, which I will almost definitely read for a oh future episode. You should just start your own Jeff Dunham <laughs> podcast so I don't have to he talk got about this a, anymore. 
star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, he is an annual attendee at the Vent Haven Ventriloquism Convention in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. He has attended every single year since he was in sixth grade. He has missed only one between then and now. It was in 1977 when he was playing trombone with his school choir and was with them on a trip. Oh my god. Uh, he this is, is a little of, scary, Tony. He is one of only three ventriloquists in history with his own exhibit at the Vent Haven Museum. The annual convention that they have there includes competitions uh, for pros and for amateurs, but Dunham is barred from competing because everyone is too scared to compete against him. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just want to uh, complete this section of the podcast with a quote from the New York Times 2009 profile of Jeff Dunham. Quote, For weeks, Dunham's handlers had been stressing to me how multi-generational his audience is. They were so relentlessly on message about it that I assumed they were exaggerating, until I saw it for myself. It was an odd kind of diversity. The crowd at the Prairie Capital was almost entirely white, but other than that, I was hard-pressed to find a phrase to describe even a majority. Maybe not thin. And so... That is horrifying. <laughs> so, Jeff Dunham... You know, is a, you have if you turned on Comedy Central any year between 2007 and 2017, you probably saw his stand-up special. He's a ventriloquist. He's got like five dummies in regular rotation. The man is an immensely talented engineer for sure. Um, he I had no idea. He builds he his built own, his own. Builds his own puppets. He used to build model helicopters from scratch. Um, incredibly um, talented in that regard. He. Uh, I also think is a very talented puppeteer. I think the physical movement of the puppets is is really impressive. Um, oh my and god, you have a crush on him. Takes these talents and puts them in the service of just the dumbest, hackiest, stereotype-filled, shittiest comedy routines it's bad, that dude. I have ever seen. And the level of success he has achieved is mesmerizing to me um it's just... it is definitely fascinating i'm fascinated by how good the construction of everything is which we'll talk about yeah but you're right i think he's just using his powers for evil it you is know? truly incredible um so uh where do you want to start do you want to start by talking about like the live streams in his workshop yeah so he's been live streaming from his garage where he has a 3D printer. This is where I was so fascinated. <laughs> Generally, uh, yeah, who's got a crush now? Right. Generally, he says he made a lot of his puppets out of clay and things like that. But in this particular, uh, for this particular puppet, he is making a new character, which made me groan, by the way, when it was finally revealed. But anyway, <laughs> he he draws it out. He kind of sculpts it, scans it, and prints it out. And it's really great quality. And then he hand paints everything, engineers all of the mechanics to make it move in whatever way it is. And he was talking about uh, certain ways that it has to move. The levers have to move a certain way so that he doesn't hurt his hands because it's part of his art. And that was a whole 
other thing that I never thought about. So there was a little bit of respect that I gained from him in the sense. Yeah. But he is live streaming, doesn't know how to use the live stream. It has equipment, no idea what he's doing with YouTube. Yeah, But is 100% <laughs> uh, actually seems really smart, really uh, adept at what he does, very passionate about what he's doing. Absolutely passionate, yes. But the subject matter that he talks about and the way that he talks about it, the way he talks to his wife, the way he talks to his kids, he's just a very interesting guy, and I don't think that I would like him as a person in real life. Uh, no, you almost definitely would not. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but he, um, so so let's let's just, just to ground everyone what we're talking about. So we're starting with a, a couple of live streams he did on YouTube. So um, I, it, like, he's doing these every day. I only watch two of them, um, the first one and the I most barely watched one. the second one, I have to be honest. I fast-forwarded because the first <laughs> 10 minutes he couldn't find something. Yeah, well, that's And we fair. were just walking around his house, and he was like, I can't he's find looking it. looking for a cable, yeah. Um, but he is, for these streams... Uh, he is sitting in his garage and he's painting this dummy and just talking about um, basically what he's doing and what he's doing with the dummy, what, you know, kind of his process and how the character comes together and also what he's doing. Like, he lives with his hot wife and uh, his two twin boys who are four years old. Now, the reason I'm saying his wife is hot is it's his second wife and she's 18 years younger than he is. Holy fuck! <laughs> and she's a personal like, she's... trainer. Uh, oh, so it's just okay. all, it's perfect. I was like, I don't see it. And now I'm like, oh, I see it. <laughs> But the other thing is, uh, and again, Jeff Dunham's in his house. Now, Jeff Dunham spends most of his time touring internationally, and he has a residency in Vegas uh, where he is, you know, selling out Caesar's Palace like several times a month. Oh, my um, God. So this is a change of pace for him, too. So he's, you know, he wants to keep his name out there. He wants to keep his following, but he's just like kind of painting this dummy and trying to be likable. And he's, you know... He like like you said, Nadia. Like he has a, a passion for this building this puppet. It's really remarkable to see. But when you when it, the reveal of what the puppet is, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. The reveal of what the puppet is, and just you can just imagine the jokes that he's gonna write for this thing. It's so it's so fucking stupid. It's so stupid. But you know, it's really funny that I never imagined him building the puppets i just kind of thought they manifested themselves like a magic spell or something he was doing, they're summoned from hell something. yeah he's like i gotta make some sort of human sacrifice my first wife is dead because i got Ahmed, you know like, i don't know yeah. but to see it being built was pretty interesting and, and like the levers on the neck that allow him to operate the eyebrows and the eyes and you know it takes a mouth. great amount of de dexterity in his hand to know what to do when yeah. And, like, obviously rehearsal time yeah. to time it with his terrible jokes. <laughs> and yeah. So, again, folks, if you're not familiar with Dunham's work, you'll find him on YouTube very easily. But some of the some of the greatest hits of the puppets, you got Ahmed, the dead terrorist, who is a generic <laughs> skeleton of a Middle Eastern man wearing a turban. You got uh, you got Bubba J, who's a who's a kind of generic redneck uh, fella. You got uh, you got Walter, uh, who's just a a crotchety old man. You got Jose Jalapeno on a stick who wears a sombrero. A stick. <laughs> and he's got he's got a very harsh Mexican accent. Uh 
Um, you got Peanut. I love Peanut. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. I never want to hear, this, hear the words love in a Jeff Dunham podcast ever. Um, other highlights from this video, uh, by the way, um, just other stuff he's up to. Um, he and his kids are doing Dunham coffee roasters. They're making coffee uh, in the backyard. I thought that was cute. That um, was cute. He's making bread like everyone else. <laughs> he also interrupts his wife every time she speaks. <laughs> like everyone else please it's really hard to watch that please refer to her as his hot wife his hot Uh, wife so his hot wife he was like okay i'm just showing everybody my puppet everybody's having a hard time and she starts listing off all of the people in their life who are suffering because of coronavirus and he was just like oh okay 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 we just really want to keep it positive and so anytime she would say anything that was remotely constructive <laughs> or encouraging or just like heartfelt about coronavirus of like, we're all in this together, everything, he's like, ah, like over her speaking. I love these videos so much. Oh my <laughs> God. It's just, it's really a snapshot into straight people's marriages. I don't understand <laughs> straight people. I don't get it. Um, and the, uh, other other thing unrelated to the puppet that he calls out is he has a uh, collectible mug from the old 90s video game <laughs> Mist. Um, that was pretty cool. That was awesome. And he's like, yeah, no, kind of my early days, I was obsessed with Mist. I would just, um, I would just, you know, do my shows and I would just go home and stay, or go to the hotel and stay up all night playing Mist. And I'm like, that's extremely relatable. Does he, <laughs> does that mean that he brings his own desktop PC to every hotel room? Uh, that's, that's good. You know, that would have been the kind of thing a, a commenter on the live stream would have asked that he wouldn't have seen because he doesn't know. <laughs> He can be like, we need to bring Michael in here. I guess Michael is his tech guy. He's like, yeah. we bring Michael in here, and we need to have him teach me how to do this. He never learned no. in any of the live streams. He didn't. Um, but the other, um, the other thing that that happens in this first video is, you know, the dummy that he is working on is, um, is clearly incomplete. Right? It's not even fully painted yet. It doesn't have hair. Um, it's it's got uh eyes. it's just a stick with a head on it it's just a stick with a head on it so he's not telling us what it is but he's showing us some of the early concept sketches for it and stuff and and, and he one sure of, is building the suspense yeah one of the and and it's not until live stream nine which is the one that we'll skip to in a minute that he uh reveals the final character but uh so he kind of reveals it piece by piece um throughout the course of these streams but one of the hints he drops is that one of the models for this character was a uh, a troll doll, you know, like a, a troll doll from 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 Trolls World Tour, you know, like the yeah. 1980s doll with the with, with the, the little hair. jewel bellies. Yeah, exactly. So, hmm, hmm, what what could the what could the troll doll be? Troll, troll, troll. Think about it. <laughs> I'm saying this laying on the floor right now. <laughs> and so, so we skip to live stream nine. And did you be honest? Did you watch the live streams in between? No, I did not. Okay, the that's only, good. The only videos I watched were the ones I put in the Google Doc. <laughs> okay. Um, so episode nine, the character is uh, an internet troll. Um, he is a. 19 to 20 year old as dunham describes him a guy 
wearing a beanie. He's got long, shaggy hair, and he's got a phone, and his thumbs operate the phone, which is a pretty cool piece of. of that was pretty cool. Here. I was very impressed. His um and angry. His th- yeah, his thumbs operate the phone, and um the other thing um about this puppet is his eyeballs have full three hundred sixty degree uh, movement. Um, right, so he can roll his eyes. So he can roll his eyes, and he can look down uh, at his phone, and he can look up at Jeff. Um, so he didn't do the voice uh, at all because he said he was still working on the voice. He didn't do um, the. He didn't say the character's name because, like, they have to trademark it and everything like that. Um, he did say. He did say at one point, "Yeah, my eyeball guy said this was one of the most unique orders he got," <laughs> which made me laugh pretty hard. Oh God. Um, this w- watching the unveiling of that <laughs> puppet made me have one of those good place moments where I was like, "This is the bad place. Like, we're in the worst timeline." Because, like, you know that the the whole bit with this character is going to be it's what an old person thinks a millennial is. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. And, it's great. And, I tried to watch the comments in the live chat, but they were moving so fast. Yeah, because people were. Thousands, about it. thousands of people watching. <laughs> people were hooting and hollering in the comments about this. They were just like, LOL, this looks like my son. Yeah. It's it, <laughs> These people are roasting their own children in the comments on this live stream. It was just, it's too much. It's, um, and it's like, and the thing, like, if he's, 19 to 20, if he's 19 to 20 years old, he's not a millennial. Like, he's a right. Zoomer. Um, and Oh, is, prob- are they called Zoomers? Gen Z? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they're, let me tell you something, they're our last hope for saving the Earth, so. Uh, oh, I, I love their comedy, so yeah. I think we're in good hands. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I would say this is probably going to suck um, once he actually writes jokes for it. Um, it's almost definitely going to suck. Uh, cool design with the thumbs. I thought that was cool. I thought the mm-hmm. eyes were cool. Um, generally, I like I said, I think seeing the engineering um process for him was remarkable um yeah, but i sure. just i just know what's coming from it and it's gonna suck just horror so fucking much he mentioned in his live stream that with all of his characters and all the bits that he does he does two and a half hours of material a night so what what begs begs the question <laughs> when they add this zoomer kid is it going to be a three-hour show? Well, I think, because, like, I think he rotates stuff out. So in Spark of Insanity, there were five puppets. Uh, there was Walter, there was Ahmed, there was Melvin, um, there was Peanut, and there was Jose. Melvin's kind of out of rotation. Like, he right. was basically replaced by Bubba J. Um, Which one's Melvin again? Melvin was the superhero guy. Oh, he was terrible. Yeah, looked at the woman's tits in the audience. <laughs> 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 Ew, I hate this. Um, so yeah, Melvin's not really in there anymore. He's got a couple other puppets that don't show up as often. Sweet Daddy D is one. We don't need to go into how how many other puppets the I can biggest name. Biggest fan. Um, but, this is uh, just a Tony Ginocchio gets shamed for liking Jeff Dunham <laughs> podcast. I am uh, appalled. <laughs> but there's um, there you know so there's uh, I think he's gonna rotate another puppet out probably. The other, did you watch the end of the the episode nine live stream? Because there was an interesting issue he brought up. I did not because okay. I started doing my eyebrows. <laughs> I was like, I can't handle this. Look, for those of you who don't know Nadia, she has outstanding eyebrows, and Thank I'm not you. saying I that as a joke. I work really hard. I work really hard on that. 
Not a joke. <laughs> Terrific eyebrows. Thank so, you. Um, so basically, Dunham spent the last like 10, 15 minutes of this video like do talking about fake merch because there's a lot of people that like are making fake Ahmed shirts or whatever. Um, they'd say I kill you. Yes, that's say silence I kill you on them. <laughs> and and uh, so he's going so there's a story in Deadline that just ran um Dunham is finally suing these fake merch guys and he's telling everyone not to buy from them cuz like the fake merch guys are now making like Jeff Dunham coronavirus merch like you know Ahmed wearing a mask or whatever. Oh wow, okay. And he's and Dunham's like, "Okay, I don't want people profiting from that." Um which, you know, whatever your distaste for jeff dunham and i have plenty of it i get it do you though (laughs) Um, do you though so he's suing all these people he says he's giving all the money to to covid charities um and uh so you know that that was like (laughs) that was like the last part of um of that stream so that's his little crusade that he'll be on that'll be fun for him i guess while he's not touring um but yeah, the big character reveal was kind of, um, it was, it was like, oh, it's cool to see that this is what it all adds up to. But then you're like, uh, but I know where this is all going. Cause it's just going to be him sitting there and he's going to, yeah, exactly. He's going to be like, Hey, are you listening to me? And the guy's just going to tap on his phone and then he's going to look up and glare at Jeff. And he's like, I'm on Twitter. And Jeff's like, you know, you kids use Twitter too much. And then he's like, uh, like, that's just it. That's actually verbatim what he's going to use. <laughs> and the audience is going to go fucking insane have you read the comments on i have not okay reading the comments on all of his stuff is <sighs> we should pull that up here i'm gonna pull them up while you tell... <laughs> okay uh, let's talk about so the part about jeff dunham that i find very interesting is because his stand-up is basically character-based and mm-hmm. puppet-based i don't know much about the guy i don't now i know he has a hot wife yeah. Right? So I'm learning that, all this stuff. Apparently he has two twin boys. Yeah. They're cute. They're redheaded. They're sweet. Yeah. Their and he took and... those twin boys and waterboarded their assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like that. But yes, he taught them how to use a bidet because we're running out of toilet paper as a society. <laughs> and so he wants to make sure that they're prepared. So he made his hot wife hold the camera while he tastefully put his child on the bidet one at a time yeah to try so it was like four-year-old that like literally the 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 title of the video on youtube is like four-year-old boys try bidet for first time it is so disturbing i have a problem in general when people put their kids on blast yes these kids are having full-on conversations with him on camera, and he's putting it up to millions. He has millions of subscribers. Yeah. In fact, he has... Uh, how many does he have? Hold on. Okay. So he has... Oh, God. He has 2.6 million subscribers. Not as many as Jenna Marbles, who has 20 million. But that's a lot of people to put your kid on blast to, you know? And... Oh, it's really hard because he asks them questions like, you know, what are we going to do when we run out of toilet paper? And the kids are sweet. And they're like, we're going to go to get some more. And then the other kid says, I'm going to use my hand. And he goes, okay, ha, ha, ha. We're going to look at this thing. And the water goes up your tushy. And these kids are having a blast. And when they're... They actually did seem to be having a great deal of fun, yeah. It was great. But then I started to think, of these 2.91 million subscribers, 
who on there really loves children in a way that is not okay yeah well it's it's like it's that and then it's like who is typing in four-year-old boy tries for the first time um (laughs) to youtube right it's it's really disturbing i really didn't like it i no it sucked (laughs) also i don't like to see that rich people have bidets and i don't (laughs) that's the thing is like that was when when dunham's in his workshop it like it's a big garage and he's got like a nice car in there but like it's 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 still a workshop um he's got a real nice house uh and i did not need to see the master bedroom and bathroom and feel shitty right because I live in a one bedroom. Uh, but okay, so I'm looking at the YouTube comments on his live stream. Let's go back a little bit here. <laughs> we have some users who think they know comedy as well as Jeff does. One user says, You should have an annoying sound when he gets an in- incoming text because they're just giving him suggestions. It's and just... you know what? I think he's going to take them. He's going to be like, Yeah, you're right. Just like, Oh, excellent. Jeff's streaming. This is part of his notes process, I assume. Here's another. Okay. I have a problem with fans who do pitches. Most of Comic-Con is fans going up to the microphone and saying, you should do an episode where, and it's the worst. I I stopped going to Comic-Con for that reason. There's no real good, because what are you supposed to say to that as a creator? You're like, okay, fuck off. Okay, so this person wrote, Jeff, you should have a screen behind you in your show that shows what he's typing. There'd be a message window or Twitter feed, etc., showing what he's typing. He could be typing jokes about you, calling you names, etc. So the audience could see, but not just like in real life when people are texting, and we'd have no idea what they're texting. That'd be hilarious. Like, these are the comments on... I, I feel like I missed out. <laughs> you should have read them. Uh, okay, hold on. Someone says, this should be the first dummy that never speaks, LOL. (laughs) So, you know, not only are his fans, like, super big fans, but they also are chock full of good ideas. You know, Jeff Dunham is a people's comedian, uh, and, you know, he'll take suggestions like that. I mean, absolutely. the the thing about Dunham, and, and... now to be serious for a second the thing about dunham is he he does he is known for like being willing to play small markets in the middle of nowhere like in like in addition to caesar's palace he plays like freaking you know springfield illinois or waterloo iowa or whatever and um and you know he will do all these small market middle america places and that's that's part of why he was able to build up the following that he did was like he was the only comedian coming to these cities where there weren't a lot of live acts coming that's true and he also had the subject matter which was just you know shaming people (laughs) just 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 lazy stereotype based humor yeah um i have a couple more comments that i really liked one would be uh I would like to suggest the name Mel as he is a millennial, period. He is texting, period. First of all, first of all he's, he's not a fucking millennial. Oh, it's so good. The other one is, damn, panic. I'm tired of staying home. I think Matt or someone should be offstage taking pics of the audience, then put them on the screen behind you. See how long it takes to realize Dummy is taking pics. love youtube comments we should just do a whole podcast about youtube comments because our second guys stay tuned for our spin-off series youtube comments 
where we would just read the comments out loud and laugh at them. Oh. It's bad. This is, I, uh, I want to get into, uh, the, the, the PSAs, the PSAs, because yeah. what I wrote in my notes is Tony, did you laugh at all? Um, no, uh, short, <laughs> short answer is no. Okay. So in addition to his live streams, Jeff Dunham has also been like making actual, like produced videos. Um, most of which are taking the form of like PSAs for like how to protect yourself from the pandemic. Um, so there were two that we watched that were from Walter, the crotchety old man. There was one that was from Bubba J, who's the um, kind of redneck. Uh, and then there's uh, one from, like, the, the whole gang. But, like... They each have a million views. They each have at least a million views. And also, each of them is just the puppet. Like, right, Jeff Dunham's not, not on camera. That's not ventriloquism. <laughs> and also, I, because of that, his voice sounds different, so the characters don't sound like the characters. He generally right. has his mouth somewhat closed. Right. And in these ones, he's just going for it. Full yeah. open mouth, and it's terrifying. So let's start with Walter. Uh, Walter, Ugh. the first one, is like a minute long, and it's like a, P- it's like a PSA. He makes some jokes about being a Walmart walmart greeter and uh, Wal- walter is a crotchety old man he wears a bow tie and a sweater vest and uh, the message is hey even if you're cooped up in your home don't murder your spouse Ugh. and then there's why, like why a do straight couples who are <laughs> boomers hate their spouse <laughs> like what if you didn't like your spouse why'd you get married i don't and, get it and then there's like a little the more you know logo and it says just don't murder your spouse Ugh. um and so, you know, it's um, it's not a good video. No. And obviously, you know, if you live with someone and you're quarantined with them, that relationship can certainly be under strain um, with all the extra time you spend together. Uh, I consider myself lucky. Stacy's been, you know, pretty pretty good at putting up with me. Um, it's not the worst of the PSAs, though. No. Um, so let's go to Walter 2. Uh, so this, this one is interesting because it like almost tries to demonstrate some basic level of empathy to parents who, you know, have to like teach their kids and like, you know, don't have childcare and stuff like that. So the message here is just don't strap your kids to a rocket and shoot them into space. And again, they do the, the more, you know. Ugh. That's another thing. I feel really bad for the children of people who have this attitude about children. Because <laughs> they're their parents. Right. It's like, you shouldn't have had that kid then. Because every- he says the quote, your kids are assholes. But your kids are assholes because you made them assholes. <laughs> it's no going around that, man. It's, you know, the problem is there's millions of people watching these videos going like, yeah, that's so true. And... Um, those are bad people. <laughs> Just plain and simple. And yet, this is still not the worst of the PSAs. No, it's not. So let's move on to Bubba J. <laughs> okay. Um, this is, I think, the the worst of the 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 worst. This one's bad. <laughs> it's is just... this the one where they call it Budweiser disease? Uh, yes, Bubba J refers to it as, uh, he's like, you cannot get the coronavirus disease from drinking Corona. 
or whatever. I don't know. And then like he's like, we're not supposed to call it the Chinese virus because it's racist, but also it's Chinese. Um, oh. So there's that. You know, that's a really funny joke. That one that we all know and love. And then there's uh, don't hoard food. Stores have plenty of food unless you go to a store and it doesn't have food. And it's like the, <laughs> the joke is that Bubba J is dumb. The joke as written is that Bubba J is dumb and you shouldn't listen to him. But also, like, I don't know, maybe don't drop the vaguely racist things or the things that are going to uh, spark panic, like, in the middle of your comedy puppet video. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I am looking at the comments of this. <laughs> And he, someone wrote, sadly, there's so much misinformation going around there. It makes Bubba look relatively sane and intelligent. Oh, Jesus fuck. There's so much information that is totally fine. <laughs> uh, so that one, that one was the hardest one to watch. And then there's one with the full gang, like just all the puppets kind of doing like kind of different lines of the PSA. Um, is that the Star Wars one? No, that we'll get to the Star Wars one. But there's okay. there's one where it's like you know, Ahmed is like try to try not to uh, expose your body to the virus. It's like wait, but my whole body is exposed, and it's like okay, I understand right. that that has a joke. Bubba says you should wash your hands for twenty seconds. That's easy to remember because it's the same amount of time it takes me to. Uh oh, this is awkward because he's talking about coming. Uh, <laughs> You know somebody in middle America is like, me too, buddy. Uh, it's so true. It's always 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> His poor and, wife. And then, <laughs> and then um, Peanut, uh, you know, is just like loses his mind because he can't touch his face and finally gives in and keeps touching his face, which approaches being funny, uh, but is not funny. Well, you got to hit it three times and then leave it alone. <laughs> and he hit it like eight or nine times. All of these jokes get hit a lot, basically. (laughs) Yeah, it's really painful for me, but it's, you know, a million people watched it and loved it. Loved it. Uh, It also bears mentioning, I want to just kind of talk about the ads um, that run before these videos. Oh, nice. I have ad blockers, so I didn't get to see any. Okay. Um, So, like, my, so, first of all, my YouTube is completely fucked. Um, (laughs) Because, like, the only stuff I watch on YouTube for, for, like, enjoyment is magic the gathering at like streams of magic the gathering and then um i did a favorite person i was doing a project recently uh where i was researching alt-right catholic youtubers um so i had to watch a bunch of these videos and make fun of them and uh it was uh a very it was a very fun project but it you know ruined my recommendations permanently and okay like, i'm gonna give you a little trick a little tip buddy you can act uh i know i can do it i can do it, it. <laughs> from your history because you yeah but your algorithm needs to be fixed um and the ads that would run before these all right videos are like stuff for the epoch times or like conspiracy theory shit and it's 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 bad shit and oh, and god and honestly, the world would be a much better place if YouTube didn't exist. The stuff that runs <laughs> before the Jeff Dunham videos, 100% of it, ads for mobile games. Just. Wow. Okay. Just, just you are watching the same thing that 11-year-olds are watching. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe how popular this person is. And one of the most successful comedians of all time. 
of all time. I mean, I I mean, I it, I understand in one aspect of it is you you don't have to do much thinking. Yes. For a lot of comedians, it's very you know clever, or there's a lot of wordplay. Like the whole John Mulaney bit about the horse loose in the hospital. Like yeah. there is a certain level of thinking you have to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, to make it's that a work, typical mapping exercise, and it's a very good one. It's a very smart one, but yeah, I mean, it's a great it. one. This yeah. is a horse loose in the hospital, but. <laughs> For this particular brand of comedy, I, I mean, here's the thing. I want to respect what he does because that shit looks fucking cool. Cl- clearly, clearly a tremendous amount of work that goes into it. And a tremendous amount of passion. He did go yeah. and show a video from like 1980 or something. Yes, that's what I want to talk his, about. His very first Commercial. TV appearance with the, with the puppet. And yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. It is amazing, but he his jokes are so hacky. Yeah, he was, so um, he, one of the videos we watched, so it was an old video he dusted off uh, of like the his puppets auditioning for the Star Wars sequels, but the reason we watched it is because at the end of it, he tacked on his first ever commercial, which is the most 80s thing of all time, because it's <laughs> him as like a coat and tie ventriloquist, Um doing an ad for a Pontiac and Datsun dealership um, in Texas. Two, two car makes that don't exist anymore. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was amazing to watch because it's him. It, it, it was a Star Wars-themed ad, which is why he, he did it. So it's him and his dummy, which uh, was named Archie, I think. And um, they're just doing like, oh, the, the force is with us. And now this Pontiac is only $1,100, you know, type of thing. And it was just <laughs> drive down to Tyler, Texas to do, cause he would, and he was in college when he did this, he was a student at Baylor and he would drive from Waco to Tyler to do local ads for the Pontiac dealership with his puppet. Like, I'm like so alarmed about how much, you know, he explains it all in the video. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. Um, I mean, it was just I the the level of hustle that he put into that is, mm-hmm. is um, hustle and flow. Yes, is um is really impressive. So it was awesome to see like kind of that throwback. I thought that was really fun. It was the only thing that I can say I like enjoyed out of these videos. I mean, um, I love to see old school technology, oh, old school videos, old school outfits. It's old vintage. school. Any local TV ads just gold always gold it's great but i also i can't get behind anything he says (laughs) i feel like he would be a really fun dad like one of your friend's dads who's a little weird says a lot of stuff he probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. and but is a lot of fun at the barbecue sure Absolutely. But but then that kid has to have a dad like that. And then you're like, oi. <laughs> I have a buddy um, who I think went to one of his daughter's weddings. Because um, he went, I, I think it was his daughter, but he like, he met Jeff Dunham at a wedding. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And like got to, got to, so if Dylan's listening, hey Dylan. Uh, but, Hi Dylan. Uh, if uh, he like he said, yeah, oh yeah, no, I ran into Jeff Dunham at a wedding. His daughter was getting married. I got to shake his hand, and I was like, the same hand that operates Walter. Ew! Uh, <laughs> Why are you so gross? <laughs> In any event, I understand. I uh, I wanted to say something about his hot wife and the way that yeah. his hands move, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so listeners, you can just uh, fill that fill, in. Uh, fill. It's like a Mad Lib. Yeah, it's really, it's really kind of a Rorschach test for you, the listener, <laughs> in terms of how dirty you want to take it. Um, so uh, with with all that in mind, you know, there's there's a couple other things I wanted to cover on this episode. The first is, have you seen any comedy? Obviously not Jeff Dunham, but have you seen any comedy uh, post pandemic that is actually good? Mm, good question. And I'm not talking about like stuff stuff you're watching uh, to get you through quarantine. I'm like, is there anything that's been made <laughs> since the pandemic that's actually good? Besides our podcast. Besides our podcast. Um, I mean, I loved the Middle Ditch and Schwartz specials, but that. That was pre-pandemic. Well, it was shot pre-pandemic, yeah. And that's um, that's on Netflix, and that's like, I mean, we talked a little bit about that. That is like the perfect encapsulation of what UCB was like in 2012. Yeah, yeah. It, which is it, it, which? Which was the right time to be there. Absolutely. It was so nostalgic <laughs> to watch, and I missed it for a little bit, and then I just thought about all of the horrible people that did yeah. horrible things to me, and I was like, forget that. Yeah. But... Uh, as far as what's being made right now, the only thing that I can think of are the live conversations on Instagram between drag queens from Drag Race. Okay, that's something. They're they're so funny and fun, but you have to have a little bit of an insider Drag Race knowledge yeah. to laugh, so I don't know. Uh, and that might be it. I think comedy might be dead. I think comedy has died... I, I feel really sad just based off of the struggles that I know a lot of musicians are facing right now. I didn't think about a lot of stand-up comedians. A lot of my friends are doing storytelling shows on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Some are doing improv shows on Zoom, which I don't want to see, but I'm going to go because I'm a good friend. Yeah. I'm a good friend. I feel like that would be difficult. Yeah, but I appreciate the effort. As much as I dislike jeff dunham's comedy i think the amount of effort and work that he's putting into what he's doing is really admirable and it it's inspiring in the sense of like i can do the same thing if jeff dunham can do it i can do it well and that you know and that's part of um again this is from the new york times profile but that's like he saw a ventriloquist perform or something when he was a kid and he learned basically like he got told or he learned like yeah ventriloquism is not something you're born with like anybody can just learn to do this it just takes work mm-hmm. and then he worked at it. so this is where i'm going to come out to you nadia and say that i'm becoming a ventriloquist <laughs> you know what i think you would be such a good ventriloquist i'm totally 100 percent in support of anything that you want to do because you're smart and make good stuff well, and Jeff Dunham is smart but makes bad stuff. <laughs> so I'm pretty so, sure your yours are gonna be like hipster puppets, <laughs> like a punk rock puppet that stands in the middle of a crowd at a show, <laughs> who's like I don't drink anymore. Yeah. Uh, you got a puppet that like reads and lists, reads the New York Times and listens to NPR <laughs> and like wears a red rose pin. Like <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah, and then uh, you got another one that's, like, really into Jeff Tweedy or something. <laughs> I feel like your puppets are going to be very cute and sweet and very smart and Catholic. They'll all be Catholic. Yeah, all the puppets will have to be Catholic. Yeah. Um, you so have want... one that's just a priest. <laughs> I want to share... God, can you imagine Jeff Dunham with a priest puppet? Just how many just <laughs> awful it's child so abuse bad! jokes. 
Um, okay, so I want to share one more thing for this episode, which okay. is and just be, it's fascinating when it happened. So on March 7th of this year, and as a reminder, March 11th was when the um, WHO declared that uh, coronavirus was a pandemic. That was the night that HBO, or that, um, not HBO, the NBA, pardon me, canceled their season. Um, that was the night Tom Hanks uh, uh, announced that he had coronavirus. So March 11th, that was kind of the turning point. Jeez, on March okay. on March 7th, four days before, Jeff Dunham did an AMA on Reddit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was in the middle of his tour. Um, and so I just want to share some of the highlights from this AMA because this could be remembered as, like, the final artifact of the before time. <laughs> BC, <laughs> yeah. before corona. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, okay, so uh, the top-rated question is how stoned were you to come up with peanut uh and jeff dunham uh jeff dunham's username on reddit by the way is jeff dunham official all one word um (laughs) and his response was lol next question Um, there were some he's even disappointing in writing you know he's not actually like writing the answers because he doesn't know how to even use no that would be yeah his team is doing that but um yeah there's some uh there's some like technical questions on like you know what are the what are the difficult letters which are b f m p v w and y uh so you substitute sounds that uh sound like those and then master the fake sound to sound the most like the sound Um, oh okay uh how have any of your girls because he has three like young adult daughters from his first marriage um have any of your girls expressed interest in learning how to be a ventriloquist and he says no and i'm fine with that they're all three doing really well with their own unique endeavors thanks for asking which i think is a a perfectly fine answer what the fuck why is he so classy um how do you respond and now here's where it gets interesting (laughs) oh okay how do you i was i was about to turn towards liking him how do you respond to the accusations that your humor is racist and only acceptable because you utilize puppets so the, <laughs> i'm bracing myself the, i'm like curting my loins well no what i will say is dunham's answer was just come to a real show and you'll see different um which uh, I, don't, I don't think is really a good answer um but i bring it up because there was another answer from an account named only underscore science underscore reasons uh <laughs> Uh, it says, it's funny that everyone who is offended is offended on behalf of others who aren't even offended. For example, Jeff is the number one comedian in the Middle East, thanks to Ahmed. People there love the character because they feel he dispelled the idea that everyone from the Middle East is bad. Gabriel Iglesias does a great bit on this that I linked in the comments. Another example is people feel offended on behalf of Mexicans because of Jose Jalapeno. I myself am Mexican and have never met another person of my ethnicity who feels offended by Jose. Instead, all my friends and family love Jose as their favorite character of Jeff's. So. Oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> okay. Um, Go off. You do you. Only scientific reasons. Yeah. When writing jokes, do you try... And then there's some, some questions on, like, process, which I think is good. Um, when writing jokes, do you try and zone into certain characters one at a time or just let the material come to you and fit it to characters that way? Big fan of your stuff. Um, the, the answer is mostly he tries to write for one character at a time. Um, who is your favorite comedian? Uh, since my junior high days it has absolutely always been steve martin for so many reasons um and that's that's an interesting pick and steve martin um 
Steve Martin was the most successful comedian um, before 1980 of all time. Um, right. And he also had like an extremely visual act too and stuff like that he you know famously wore white suits because he was starting to sell out stadiums and people couldn't see him if he wore black <laughs> um <laughs> but he said okay steve martin for so many reasons lewis black still kills me okay and before we found out all the bad stuff as a child it was bill cosby today joe rogan kills me so damned honest and unfiltered great oh okay Joe, Joe Rogan is like the one one guy with a bigger following than Jeff Dunham. Um, <laughs> one of them is, hi, Jeff, have you ever considered trying to be funny? <laughs> yeah! Um, Sick burn. Okay, so Dunham's response, yes, but I keep tripping over my ticket sales. And by the way, your mother loved my performance. That was so um, stupid. That makes no sense. Uh, what you know his you... fans were like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It got huge upvotes. What would you recommend to someone who's interested in being a ventriloquist? Uh, Dunham's response, run away. Just kidding. Get a dummy, get a mirror, watch YouTube videos on how to be a ventriloquist, and then practice, practice, practice. And then learn how to be funny. That is way more difficult, which yeah. I believe is true. <laughs> this is very true. It's very hard for me to watch anything he's making. Yeah. Uh, if your comedy career started today as opposed to the 90s, what would you do differently? Oh, man, that's a very difficult and great question. Uh, I don't envy the folks coming up today in the stand-up world. So many limitations and judgmental people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, somebody asked, why in Evansville did they book you at the Victory Theater, which is the smallest venue in town? It only has 1,850 seats. The Ford Center is right across the street and holds 11,000. We would love to get 250 tickets to your show, if not more, and give them to veterans and family members when you come here. Oh my god. You know that was a plant. That was a plant. That was his team. That was his team being like, we need to get a bigger venue. So those are the highlights. You know, it's interesting because there is, you know, this irony-poisoned crowd on Reddit that doesn't like Jeff Dunham, right? And so right. there were there were people there being like, hey, have you ever tried being funny? Um, I think, you know, the, the technical questions were actually interesting. Um, it's the only thing about Jeff Dunham that is interesting is Absolutely. his technical prowess. Um, and then there's a bunch of people that are like, I really wish we could have booked you at a bigger venue in Evansville, Indiana. You know, as much as I dislike Jeff Dunham, it is very inspiring what he does and how hard he works. Yeah. And unfortunately, as much as we think his jokes are bad, he probably works hard at them. He, he probably does, yeah. When Peanut tells Jose Jalapeno that he should speak English in America, we have no idea how many drafts and revisions... <laughs> That was at least went draft number four. How many times he had to workshop that in smaller clubs <laughs> before <laughs> filming the special. Yeah, but, you know, as much as he sucks, we can learn a lot from him, which is that you need to work really hard and play small venues to, <laughs> to and work small your crowds way up. and yeah. work your way up. Yeah. So in many ways... Uh, this is a, a podcast uh, where we have developed more respect for Jeff Dunham than I think we had after. I mean, yes and no. Spark of insanity. <laughs> yes and no. I'm gonna say yes and no. I've, if anything, I've lost more respect, but gained a little respect. So I'm about the same. So okay, so you, so you're saying you 
were set back after seeing like the PSAs. Right. And then, but you gained a little back because you saw him build a puppet. Right. Build a puppet. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's about where I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, I am very interested in hearing about why you like him so much. It's not uh, that I like him. It's that I am. It's incredible how successful he is, given that he's a ventriloquist, which I think is such a specific and, like, thought of as hacky form of comedy, or, like, incredibly dated form of comedy. Sure. Um, and he has he has clearly built this insane career on it where he, you know, gets the Vegas residency and the worldwide tour and the second wife who's hot and... <laughs> And the kids that he can just um, force onto his bidet at any point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I think um, anything where I see a disconnect between the artistic value um, and which, you know, I think his jokes have very little artistic value and the success, which is obviously tremendous. But at the same time, then it's balanced by like, but there's an additional element of this engineering and puppet making that is is clearly remarkable um so it's like i want to dislike him and i do as a comedian but (laughs) uh but gosh i am just fascinated i am fascinated by him and my wife has been telling me i need to stop talking about (laughs) jeff dunham so that's why you have me so i have to listen to you talk about it (laughs) listen to 70 minutes on jeff dunham i need to Um. talk to your wife we need to have an intervention together at this point (laughs) it's become a problem well can i can i share just a a, one other uh, anecdote from my personal life which perhaps uh, illustrates this is as you know my my last name is ginocchio which Mm -hmm. rhymes with pinocchio the disney character based on an italian folktale um so my dad collects uh, Pinocchios. He collects all sorts of Pinocchio memorabilia. Um, oh, okay. He connects, uh, it, it, not like memorabilia from the film necessarily, although he's got a lot of like figurines and statues and a couple of the movie posters, but he collects Pinocchios. He collects sculptures of Pinocchio, all types, all materials. Um, you know, whenever he's gone to Italy, he picks up one or two. He, he buys them here. You know, he 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 loves that. And and um, my mom. That's his Jeff Dunham. That's his, that's his Jeff Dunham thing. But my mom, um, my mom, when she was on Jeopardy, I think I talked about this, uh, but she shared she shared the Pinocchio collection as one of her anecdotes. Um, with you know, when Alex Trebek was like, and Nina, it says here that you uh, collect Pinocchios because of your last name, you know, type of thing. I and love that. And, and uh, so I have distinct memories as a kid of my dad, um, you know, bringing a Pinocchio marionette, like, into my room and having him dance. Uh, <laughs> this is amazing. You know, stuff like that. So I think I've always had a certain affinity for puppets. Okay. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> a, I, it's like a light bulb went off in my brain. It all is explained. Um. So, yeah, so, and, you know, the moral of the story is that we, uh, you know, we're video chatting them every day with the baby, and every day my dad brings up another Pinocchio to show the baby. Uh, so sweet! And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and she, uh, every time I'm like, oh, well, that's probably the last one, baby girl, knowing full well <laughs> that my dad has dozens, if not hundreds, of these friggin' things. 
Well, I would. Would it be possible for your dad or you to take some pictures of these? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can so we can put post them on our social media because I really, really want to see what this is about. It explains so much about you as a person. <laughs> And, like, not in a judgmental way, but in a way that is just, like, very sweet. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I probably should have known better. The podcast where we delve into Tony Ginocchio's childhood psyche. It's really, really fun to (laughs) jump into your psyche and to hear about how you were raised with a lot of Pinocchio puppets. Raised in a home surrounded by puppets. It makes a lot of sense. I had zero to no... Puppet exposure. Puppet exposure, but also passion for puppets. I have I have a Muppet from FAO Schwartz in New York. That was my graduation present from my parents. I, I picked it out myself. Nice. It was a, a Muppet named Franco James, because James Franco was going to NYU at the time. Oh, yeah, and that was a time when that would have been, he would have been a person that you actually respected, or? Yes, he went to a lot of different schools at the time. He seemed very smart and very well put together, a nice young man, yeah. except he turned out not to be. But So I understand, uh, to some degree, how fun be, maneuvering a puppet is. I did a... Um, a YouTube video that I think is out there of my roommate and I, she did a sock puppet and I had my Muppet and we did a lip sync to Justin Bieber, uh, eeny meeny miny mo lover. <laughs> so, you know, I understand, but <laughs> I put that away a long time ago, bro. Well, on that note, Weirdest friend, and I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, it's probably shoulda at Twitter, at Facebook, at Instagram. Uh, please follow or like or, or whatever you have. Subscribe. If, if you if you have a way to subscribe or leave us a a good five star review on your podcast app, that's another good way to help out the show too. So, thank you so much, and we will see you at the next episode. Bye. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on All through my city, all through my home Be flying up no ceiling when we in our zone I got 